open the door of heaven and we could return to fellowship with God without any hindrance. Well, those are really familiar words um, from Christmas time. And we also, um, as just throughout our lives, you know, we, we kind of live by certain words. Now, think for a minute, somebody maybe that lives with words of affirmation. I think a good example in my life is Miss Connie. She often has such wonderful words of affirmation. She is an encourager. You know, she'll say, oh, great job, or nicely said, or, you know, well done, nice outfit. I mean, just, she does not have a limit to the wonderful things that she can say to encourage. And many people have that wonderful gift of, of living by words that encourage. Uh, there are other people that, you know, express mercy in the way that they speak. Um, you know, if something goes wrong and they'll say, oh, it'll be all right. You don't worry. And, and you did your best, you know, so just be encouraged. It's, it's, it's going to be okay. And then we all know them. There are some people that live by words of humor and fun. They are the life of the party. And uh, my husband, Tom, uh, many other people that you know, Mr. Scunza over here, you walk up to him and there's some joke almost immediately. And it's fun. You know, it just keeps us all on our toes. And then we all have people in our lives or maybe somebody at the gas station that we, that maybe we pulled a certain way and they didn't like it. And boy, they've got some harsh words or tough words. They're, they're trying to show how hard they are. And um, whew, they, they like want to swear at you or something. Of course, we're not going to call those examples this morning, right? Okay. But as we know, in the Christmas story, these words that are so familiar, there are additional words. And they come right out of the text of the Christmas story, and we're going to focus today on Luke 2 and Luke 1 um, to consider a few, five other words that we can live by in this coming year and live in the light of Christmas. I actually had a friend say to me before Christmas, she said, oh, Deb, every day's Christmas. And I thought to myself, since Jesus came, that's true. Amen, amen. Well, let's look at um, Luke chapter 1, verse 28. And I'm looking down here, but y'all can just like look up and see it on the screen. We drop into the story when the angel Gabriel has come. And he goes to Nazareth. God sent him to Nazareth, this small town in the backwater of Judea. And he goes to find Mary. And he says to her, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. And dropping down to verse 30, he also said, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And this first word, favor, is a really special word. It's something important for us to consider. And you know, think about it. How do you feel about the word favor and favorite? Doesn't everyone love to know that they're are somebody's favorite, they are somebody's favorite, or that they're the most sought after? Well, what is favor? Favor, a good working, working definition, is demonstrated delight. When somebody demonstrates delight in you, oh my goodness, don't you just like straighten your shoulders and you're like, inside. You don't do that out, out in front of everybody. But, you know, and when you favor someone, 
How does it feel? What are those, you know, the, all the feels? You just, you favor someone, well, you want to be where they are, right? And all the love songs on, on the radio, I want to be right here where you are till my dying day, or, or, you know, just that sense of favor in that person's presence to be with them. And oh, you know, they can hardly ever do anything to make you mad because you just delight in their presence and you're so happy to be around them and some of us you know as we march forward through our years of marriage there are people in this room that have been married lots of years uh, my parents have been married almost 65 years pastor David and his wife have been married a bunch of years I just passed the 20th year and you know for some of us remembering that favor and that favorite person that God brought to us to spend time with every day that we open our eyes and live. Oh my goodness, just to be with them. That's a pretty cool thing. You know, we connect with a favorite person in a way that that connection isn't necessarily there with everybody else, right? So we have kind of like, just like, just a, a click. And very usually, it's a mutual kind of thing. Because when we favor someone, they favor us too. Isn't that nice? But this is an amazing thing, being liked, being accepted, being regarded well. Even more importantly, finding favor with God. Oh my, can you imagine how Mary must have felt as she was there in Nazareth and this amazing being appeared? Hey, don't be scared. You have found favor with God. God delights in you. He is near to you. He has a special connection. He has a special purpose. And um, this favor from God was a tangible evidence to Mary. That angel standing in front of her, wow, that let her know immediately that this was something just beyond anything she'd ever experienced. A tangible approval from God through the words of the angel. And you know that it, Mary was indeed a very special woman, young woman. And yet, that wasn't just for Mary. Because God's desire is that each and every one of us know his favor. Amen? That's what the Bible tells us. In Isaiah chapter 66, verse 2, it says, God says, these are the ones I look on with favor. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. God just doesn't want people running around being scared of him. He is looking for people who have that right sense of themselves in relation to God, who are humble and contrite, who aren't being arrogant, and who understand that apart from God's mercy, none of us could even draw another breath. He gives us our lives. And in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, it says that the eyes of the Lord are running back and forth throughout the whole earth to find those whose hearts are perfect toward him. And being perfect toward God means that we want his favor more than the favor of anyone else, even our own favor. And if God asks us to do something that maybe we wouldn't be excited to do, wow, we will still go and do it because we want the favor of God. 
And you know, in the Bible, there are so, I love the Bible. I love the Bible. Because in the Bible, there is information. There are stories that you don't see or hear anywhere else. And we're going to touch uh, in a special way on the Bible and, and its role in our lives. But, you know, just people like Noah man who built an ark and for 120 plus years he just didn't mind all the scorn all the mocking people saying you're stupid why are you building an ark there's never been what's rain you know uh, never in his life had he seen rain God had a different way of watering the earth and yet Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord and on and on throughout the stories in the Bible oh my these people experienced struggles, but they also lived with the favor of God. And so when we look back in time in the pages of the Bible, we understand that God's favor allowed them to flourish, to still stand strong, to still, you know, have it. Like they still got it, regardless of any difficulty, that God was with them even in the hard seasons. And there are many people in this room, if we would tell the honest truth, some we know a little more public, others it's just kind of tucked away in our hearts, but we are facing a season of difficulty. And friend, let's just be reminded together today that just like Mary was favored by God, God's favor rests on anyone whose heart is turned toward him and is seeking him. The Bible says, King David said in Psalm 30 verse 5, that the Lord's anger may endure for a time. When things aren't right, God is not happy. But his favor lasts for a lifetime. And whether just starting out like Hayden and uh, Harper today, the Lord's favor over their lives, or others of us that are further down the track, God's favor is with you. Can you say that? God's favor is with me. Amen. Is with me. Amen. What a blessing. Another word that is really powerful, I mean, these things just were coming off the page at me as I was reading, and it's in Luke 137, the word confidence. Something that the angel said to, to Mary. I mean, he had some striking things to say to her in addition to don't be afraid. He said, listen carefully. These things are going to occur to you. He explained to her how it was all going to go down. And, you know, he answered her honest question. And then he stated, with God... All things are possible. I see some of y'all fanning yourselves. I think it's warm in here. It's probably the fireplace still in it. Let me turn that off. I'm going to catch on fire myself, I think. <laughs> All right. Yeah, this confidence with God. Nothing is or ever will be impossible. And then in Luke 1, verse 42, as we drop down, we can also see that there was this certainty in the voice of Mary's cousin Elizabeth because she exclaimed loudly to Mary when Mary came to visit her before the birth of Jesus. She said, you are blessed. You're worthy to be praised among all women. 
and the fruit of your womb is blessed. Elizabeth had this confidence, this rock-solid certainty that her young cousin was experiencing something supernatural. And it was a certainty. She knew that she knew that she knew her cousin was blessed. And friends, this kind of confidence. May the Holy Spirit, you know, just... just Settle down in us to have that kind of confidence today. Amen? Many of us have been through life experiences or the way we were raised, you know, where I heard somebody say just the other day, well, when I was a kid, if I didn't say the right thing, boom, it was just like smack across the mouth. And my mom had a good, a good hand or whatever. Or, you know, and so maybe there is just a sense of like not really being sure. Myself, I grew up outside the United States, and Pastor David and Connie, some of us have talked about, like, I don't know all of the social cues, even to this day. And so, sometimes, if you think I'm acting a little weird, it's a, just relax, it's probably true. <laughs> because I wasn't socialized in America. And it's a scary thing to be around Americans sometimes, because you're like, oh, I, I hope this is an adequate response. And um, so this confidence from God is a place where we can live. You know that we know that God is in our corner. God has got our back. We may have hit, you know, some pretty bad speed bumps in the road and ended up off at the side with a broken wheel, broken you know, axle. We may have had to pick ourselves up, figuratively speaking, and try to put our lives back together. And yet, we have confidence because God... Is, has spoken, and what he has said are words of reassurance, are words that we can live by, and we can stand on, and we can know that we know that we know that regardless of what happens, God is with us. And, you know, just uh, uh, the angel said to Mary, fear not. There are a lot of fear nots in the Bible. I've read that there are 365 fear nots. That's good enough, one for every day of the year right? Yeah. yeah. And in this Christmas story, when Gabriel came and he drove home his point with God, nothing will be impossible. He had prefaced that, do not be afraid. He was going to tell her earth-shattering news. But there were others, even Elizabeth, she, her husband, and she got this do not fear message. They would have had fear, likely, that after all these years, that their, their shame of not being able to have children, as it was considered in that society at that time, maybe they were going to be disappointed yet again. And yet the angel had said, fear not. There was certainty about it. Also, the shepherds, they were basically a class of people that were discounted and not regarded as significant. And the angel said to them, fear not. And then Anna and Simeon, these elderly people who waited on God in the temple day after day, and maybe they thought we're just going to have to wait and maybe never ever see the hope that we have. And yet the day they saw the infant Jesus, that fear was gone. And last of all, I just want to say, you know, some, some of us in here, it's been interesting to come in and, and find the, like some people, or there are some people that are the trendsetters in this group, believe it or not. You know, the people that like have just like the, the you know, 
whatever, nice style, and then you're like checking them out, we ladies anyway. All right, and then the guys are seeing what the ladies are looking at, so there it is. Yeah, and in style and fashion, there's a phrase, it's called, is the new black, right? So whatever thing is the newest trend and whatever. I was in Hobby Lobby before Christmas, and there was a little sign, you know, like one of those motivational quotes that goes on your wall, and it said, confidence is the new black. I thought, yeah, confidence, confidence in God that we can be certain and hold on to him knowing that he is with us. Come what may, good day or bad way, day, God is with us and he is working and answering our prayer. A third word is ponder. And we see this in the story in Luke chapter 2, verse 19 where it says that Mary treasured all these things that she saw and heard. She heard about the angels, the angel that had spoken to her specifically, and then the angels that appeared to the shepherds. And here, <clears throat> she took all of those things, the word she kept them, has the idea of a treasure box, of carefully setting those thoughts in order and not missing or losing any one detail. She kept them and she treasured and pondered them in her heart. I really like Mary because when the angel Gabriel came to her, you know, she was, she was like a sturdy girl. I really think she was. She was, I mean, she wasn't scared because he told her, don't be scared, you can relax. Um, but it says she was perplexed, but she was turning these things over in her mind. That's back in chapter one. Like, what kind of greeting is this? what's happening. She was really reflective and, and considering. And then after the baby was born, she was pondering all these things in her heart. And um, there was a really interesting note. I've begun using the Battlefield of the Mind Bible that some people in this congregation use. It's very helpful. And Christian leader Joyce Meyer has a small commentary in a little box here. And I just wanted to read it to you. She calls it a PowerPoint. And she says this about pondering. She said, God doesn't want us just, just to reason. I mean, he doesn't want us to be ignorant and not use our brain. The Bible does say, the Apostle Paul said, we have the mind of Christ. And so we are to be thinking and thinking in, in God's track. But many times, pondering and reasoning have different aspects. And this is one that, that stood out to me, <clears throat> is that when we ponder, we consider and we trust that the part we can't figure out, God knows. And he's going to answer. And Joyce Meyer says that we can tell that we have moved from pondering to reasoning when we start getting confused. Because if we're confused, we've stopped trusting that God knows the part we can't figure out, and we're trying to do the machinations and maneuver things so that we can work it. And you know, Mary pondered. And that is an invitation to us that we will ponder the thing that God allows into our lives, the experiences that are happening, that we will just trust him with the part that we don't have the answer for. Because like somebody said the other day, I don't have a universe. 
God made this universe and all the universes. So he knows all of the details. And so the things that I can't see with my limitations, he does see. And so I don't have to take on that responsibility of trying to make things all work. That's helpful to me. All right. A fourth word is this one, and that is revelation. And I think all of us in our theology are probably pretty grounded on revelation. That that is where God, who is all-powerful, who is outside time, who knows everything, cares to let you and me understand some parts of his thoughts. God reveals things. And this is what the angel Gabriel said to Mary. He said, listen carefully. <clears throat> Sometimes I need to take better notes because I'm a note taker. And I need to write stuff down so I remember. Right? But he told her, just listen. Get this just by listening. Lock on to what I'm saying. She said, you, he said, you will conceive in your womb and give birth to a son and shall call him Jesus, he'll be great, he'll be eminent, he'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will be a royal descendant of David, just like it was promised in Isaiah and in the book of Daniel. <clears throat> but he will be eternal because he will reign forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. What a revelation. And throughout the Bible and throughout time, this is why I love the Bible, that God says things to you and me through his word that we're not going to get anywhere else. And I just really want to appeal in a new way. This year, let's be readers of the Bible. And let's go to a time of reading and, and, and sitting with Jesus every day and expect that he is going to reveal because God delights to make things known to people. And that also is what gives us certainty and confidence. And in the last place, now this is a really familiar word. And that is the word believe. I have been amazed that even in the public sector, like you go to Macy's, you go shopping, they've got those pretty red bags. And on the side of some of them, what's it say? Believe. That's right. And there are residues in our culture of the truth of the gospel that comes through the Christmas story. I think that is super interesting. Um, as far as this belief, one of the things that Mary's cousin Elizabeth said to her was, you are blessed, meaning you are spiritually fortunate and you're favored by God because you believed and you confidently trusted that there would be fulfillment of the things that were spoken to you. Mary decided that she would take what the angel said and bank her life on it. And friend, you and I have that opportunity every single day that we can take what God has said to us and just put the weight of our life full on it. Stand right there on God's word and know that what he says is going to come true. So we see that these words can actually help us live in the light of Christmas every day.
Well, what's the way that we can access them personally and have the power of these words from Jesus come into our lives? This final word, believe, closely related to confidence, is, is the key. We all know and can probably quote together John 3.16. Let's, let's test ourselves. Let's go. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, Jesus, will not perish, but have everlasting life. It's that simple. Believing and understanding and taking that as the basis, the springboard from which to operate. First of all, we must realize that God loved us so much that he did he did something about our condition where we were separated from him. The Bible says that people apart from Jesus are separated from God. I don't think that if you're here this morning or you're tuned in online, that maybe that, that that's news to you. But it is a fact and it's something that we need to be able to be comfortable with expressing to people. You know, if, if you don't know that God loves you so much that he sent Jesus, then your life is separated from a life with God. But God sent Jesus to take care of that separation. He died. He gave his sinless, perfect life so that you and I could ask for his forgiveness. We can believe and trust that his death paid for our sins and we can put the weight of our life on that forgiveness and the apostle paul even said that if anyone is in christ he or she is a new creation old things have passed away that as far as god is concerned that was an old life this is a new life and learning to unpack that new life boy that requires that we be seeking his revelation every day amen that we be talking to people that are further up the road on the journey to heaven than we are so that we can really get the good tips and find encouragement as things are, get tough because the devil's going to make sure that, you know, it's not an easy road. Like that old song, it's not an easy road when you're traveling to heaven and many are the thorns on the way but our Savior walks beside us. And so we believe and we accept that Jesus' death paid for us so that we have a brand new eternal life that starts now. The Apostle Paul told a man who was in charge of a jail in the city of Philippi, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved along with your household as they believe. And the Apostle Paul also said this in Romans chapter 4, verse 5. The person who does not try to earn his salvation by doing good, but believes and completely trusts in Jesus, who makes ungodly people righteous, that person's faith is credited to him as right standing with God. So friend, the possibility of, of from this day forward until you see Jesus, of having certainty, of having confidence. Say that with me, confidence. That you're living in the favor of God. Say that, favor of God. Because he speaks to you through his word and you have 
revelation. Say it, revelation. And it allows you to ponder. Say it, ponder the situations of your life and commit them to him and trust that he will help you through them. And you don't have to figure out every single detail, but you can know for yourself what Jesus told Mary and Martha, if you believe, say it, believe, you will see the glory of God. That'll give you the ability to do what Mary, the mother of Jesus, did in Luke chapter 1. She began to speak amazing words. She said, my soul magnifies the Lord, holds up that magnifying glass. Oh my goodness, God is way bigger than I even realized. And he is greatly to be praised. I exalt the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God. Things may be difficult around us. Our life circumstances may be really, you know, just seem insurmountable, but we can rejoice with what we know about God and what he's done. He has looked with loving care on the humble state of his handmaid. And from now on, all generations will remember and they will count me as blessed and happy and favored by God. Friend, if you are having a difficult day, I invite you, turn to Luke chapter 1 and start at verse 45. And remember Mary, a humble girl in a village on the backside of nowhere, Nazareth, who was able to say these amazing things because she had a grasp and confidence in God, a revelation from God. She could ponder over and trust God and believe him confidently knowing that he would be with her and work out the details. And I don't know about you, but when I read Mary's song, what is called the Magnificat, there in Luke 1. It, you know, it just makes me want to say what I've heard others say. Our friend at Como, Mrs. Beth Tabor, she says, not today, Satan, not today. And we can say that, that whatever the, the enemy is trying to do in our lives, God is bigger. He sees the whole picture and just take that devil. Amen? Amen. That's right. And I just want to close this morning by inviting each of us up here on the altar. There are these five words, little stacks of these five words with a key thought on the back. And maybe you say to me this morning, Pastor Deb, there are circumstances in my life and I need to work in the area of confidence. I have something, you know, that just is, is weighing me down. And I want to be able to ponder and trust God. And I want to come and take that little bookmark for my Bible or other book as a reminder. Maybe I just need help God, ask God's help to believe him and to be in his word, the revelation that I need. Whatever our need is today, if, if there's anyone that would like to come and just join there hopefully enough we can just take these bookmarks this morning i'm going to invite you to stand with me right now and let's take a few moments to pray and just come if you will if you would like to and take one of these words that's there in the word cloud god's favor this has been something that i have needed to understand god's not mad
God is with me. He is moving in my life. He has a purpose for me. He has planned good things, and even if the road is difficult, he wants nothing but good. And he has promised that he will work all things together for good because I love him and I'm called according to his purpose. And you can just stay here if you want. And we're all going to pray together a closing prayer before we come for the final announcements and receive the offering. But reach to someone beside you or just reach out your hand if you're in, in your own seat. Reach out your hand and let's pray for each other, for what God is wanting to do in our lives this year. Amen. Father in heaven, I thank you this morning that your word says that in past times, Lord, you spoke to people through the prophets, but now in these last days you have spoken to us through your Son. And as we look through the pages of what the Apostle Luke wrote down and recorded, we realize in a new way this story is for us. So Lord, for the needs in our lives and in the lives of our friends, we come to you with great confidence because you are God who cannot lie. And what you have said, you will do. And in your word, it says that you make known the counsel of your will even before other people perceive it. So Lord, would you reveal yourself to us on a personal level and as a church, Father God, we are better and more together than we are individually and you have a purpose in our individual lives and for this church in the year ahead, God, you have a desire and a purpose in bringing two congregations together to make them one for a mighty purpose. And Father, help us in this new year to get behind the purpose that you are calling us as a collective body to so that you will be honored and glorified and get the credit that you deserve. And so Jesus, today we just commit ourselves to you. We know that you are working all things together for good because we love you and we are called according to your purpose and that you will do in us us great things and we can understand our lives through the lens of your supernatural power that is shining upon us and that you will be glorified as we allow you to just have your way in us we thank you for hearing us today and we give you praise in the name of Jesus and God's people said Amen. Amen. As you return to your seat, I just want to invite you, if you will, those connection cards, you know those connection cards in your bulletin? <laughs> those connection cards, uh, the care team gets to look at them every week. I get to look at them every week. I get to see the things everybody's writing. Friends, the prayer requests, the answers to prayer, Oh my, I want for you to take your connection card, if you will. And would you please just write down maybe the word that you chose or maybe a couple words that stood out to you and sign your name. Would you do that? If you know that God has answered prayer this week or in the last two weeks, 
Hey, if God's answered prayer, will you just write a little note? Because we're taking the prayer requests and people are coming in to pray over these requests from week to week. We want to know when God answers. Amen? Amen. So take just a minute to write on your connection card. And if there is an ongoing need, please just mention that again. Write it down. And we're going to receive the morning offering here in just a moment. Wait in just a second so people have time to fill out that connection card. I hope you brought your pen. I, I put mine somewhere. I can't offer it to you. <laughs> and we also have one other opportunity. We, as we bring our tithes and offerings to the Lord today. Hey, if I need to make another one, tell me, and I'll make you another one right after church. Confidence, that's a wonderful one. Amen. <laughs> yes. Um, but we're going to give our tithes and offerings, and there is something that we, if each of us give a little bit to the cause of God's mission around the world, there should be an envelope in the back of the chairs that has a gold star on it, unless they got depleted last week, but maybe not. They might still be there. If there's not one with a gold star, that's for world missions would you just write world missions if you can give something, even a little bit, and we'll put all together because God wants this message to go around the world. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to pray, and the ushers will come forward. We'll receive the morning's offerings. Please include your connection card, and then we will um, just give God praise and be dismissed after Eric plays this wonderful song for us. Let's pray. Father God. You have met with us today. You have been faithful today. Your love, your presence is with us, and we thank you for this. Jesus, help us be like Mary. Let us be blessed because we confidently trusted and believed in you, not all those voices in our head that tell us things that are not from you or that the enemy wants to put there. Give us our confidence in you, Lord, so that we can just love you, love others, and see you transform their lives and our lives and this church. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, ushers. Thank you, Eric. Eric, this is the last Sunday 
of this 2021, but let's sing and celebrate as we prepare to go our separate ways. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Sing, my chains are gone. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing grace. How about the last verse? The Lord has promised good to me. And His word, my hope, secures. And He will my shield and portion me as long as life endures. My chains are gone and I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing grace. Amen. Let's give God praise, everyone. Amen. God bless you. We're dismissed. I uh, Let me just say in closing, I almost forgot, that again, the, the church is closed during this week. It's time to spend with family, and we will meet and celebrate the new year next Sunday morning, January 2nd. So happy new year. Tell somebody. Amen. God bless. God bless. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother.